Well, hey, welcome to the show. The future for the greatest coach in the NFL is now seriously in doubt. Welcome, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. There are two teams, Perloff, that are currently eliminated from the playoffs already in the NFL. One of them is the Carolina Panthers, who already fired their head coach. And the second one is the New England Patriots, who, according to some new reports coming out of New England, are without a doubt moving on from Bill Belichick. Yeah, our guy Tom Curran is arguably the the best pa- well maybe not the best Patriots information guy but he's the best Patriots reporter he's been there forever mm-hmm. knows that team like the back of his hand makes strong predictions on the team said that after week 10 when the Patriots lost their international game to the Colts yep. the decision was made and I believe him Tom Curran used to come on Dan Patrick show all the time really had a strong sense of where the franchise was going. So when he says it, this means something. It really seems like it's done. Let's hear the audio just so everyone can make their own decision here. Tom Curran says that Robert Kraft decided to move on from Belichick after that Germany game. When they came out of Germany, conversations I had that week made it very clear that a decision was made and they were going to play out the string. And at the end of the year, there would be a parting of the ways. Okay, so more on why now with Belichick is that he lost too many marquee games. It had gone too far. The Germany game, the Commanders game, the Saints game. All huge marquee games, and then there was a Chargers game after that. Just because they won last week in Pittsburgh in prime time, I don't think it quells anything. And even if they went out... Well, I mean, the New Orleans game was earlier this season. They got shellacked 34 to nothing. That one was in Foxborough. <clears throat> Pardon me, coming off of a loss to Dallas where they had gotten shellacked in Dallas. So New Orleans was, was weeks and weeks ago, it was months ago. This has now been more recent over the last five games, four games. But here's my thing about this. We can talk about where Belichick should go and how in demand is he going to be. But first on this. Was it the losing the marquee games, or is it what the roster looks like now? Like, if you're just saying it's the losing the marquee games, you're not really treating what is, like, the that's a symptom. What the real core issue is that this roster isn't good enough, right? No, I don't think so. I, I, I do agree the roster's terrible, but if he had found a way to pull his Bill Belichick magic like he did two years ago with Mac Jones, if they were 9-8 and eight with this team, would it... Yeah, everyone knows the roster is terrible, but the defense is really good. And Belichick has found a way to manage a few wins. I, I think if they had a few more, I don't think they're as eager as ever. If they were seven and eight right now or six and 10, I, I think he'd be fine. You really think that it's just the fact that the team clearly has no future, but it hasn't had a future in three years. I think it's the embarrassing losing. But regardless, I know you look at the roster like this team's not going anywhere. But if Belichick was 500 right now, you think he would be fired with that same roster? Okay, but why are they so bad? Like, it's not because when you lose 34 to nothing or 38 to three, that's not because of a couple fourth down decisions here or there. That's because you got your butt kicked. And the reason is because they don't have a quarterback. And then Mac Mac Jones was fine that rookie year with Josh McDaniels. He was fine for a rookie. They made the playoffs. But then he has totally regressed. They have no weapons in terms of wide receiver. Their running back got hurt. Like, it's because there's no talent on offense. I think this is a weird... I That's true. That is very true. But it's also a weird year. They've been a hot mess disaster on special teams. I mean, that is... The fact that the New England Patriots of all teams is killing themselves with special teams mistakes says to me that Bill Belichick has lost the team. And honestly, there are a couple games, if they had just gotten their act together on special teams, they would have won the game. It, to me... 
they they were pretty close to sneaking some wins in this horrible like the Chargers game. They easily normally they could have won that game, even though they're a terrible team. I, I think that they they've actually been poorly coached this year as well. Okay, but it's like okay, so what's worse? Is it the blowouts or is it the close losses or is it both? Because from Tom Curran there saying it started in Germany against Indianapolis, then the Giants, then the Chargers. One score loss, one score loss, one score loss, and then a one score win over the Pittsburgh Steelers that we just saw on Thursday night. Obviously, Pittsburgh's playing with their backup. Like he said, New Orleans, too. So is it the blowouts? Is it the close losses? Because if they're close losses, you could almost say, like, hey, we're right there. I mean, that that to me, again, are things that are all solved by roster decisions. Yeah. I don't think Bill Belichick all of a sudden is making terrible coaching decisions. I, I think you're overthinking a little bit. I just think it's the record year. Like what? Okay, so what were they last year? The in 2021 they were 10 and seven, made the playoffs. 2022 they were eight and nine, missed the playoffs. 2023 they're three and ten. Yeah, no, Robert Kraft doesn't have bad. to be a math genius to understand <laughs> what direction this is going. I get it. It's just when he says it's the high profile losses, it's like yeah. no, it's the roster. It's the roster, roster, roster. Because to your point, even the defense is still playing well, and they're down two of their best defensive players. It's it's the embarrassing losses are the symptom. The real disease is the fact that the offense is totally broken. And Belichick, I think they they believe he's responsible for that, and he's responsible for Mac Jones's uh, regression, if you will. Well, yes, a lack of development. I would say regression. And I totally agree. But I mean, look at they're what a number three pick right now. Every pretty much all the teams in the top eight of the draft are firing their coaches, right? So why? I, yes, the roster is terrible, but if Belichick had figured out a way to be 500 and won a few of these games, he probably would have been able to hang on. We would have been able to see this mediocre Patriots team for a couple of years. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the the Kraft is saying, "With listen, we're clearly not had the Super Bowl. Who are the players on this team except for Matthew Judon?" So maybe that's it. But I feel like there. I think it's just the result. I, I think it's a three and ten record. When your team's three and ten, you fire the coach, no matter who it is. And it's interesting because the, because they're so bad now, they're at the crossroads, right? Because the quarterback is likely going to be there for them for the taking, especially because teams like Tennessee just won or the Giants just won again. So these other teams that might have been threatening for, hey, maybe we could get that you know up into the top two. Well, they're kind of falling on the wayside here. It's really going to be Carolina, it's going to be the Patriots, and it's going to be the Arizona Cardinals, who at least are starting Kyler Murray. So they're going to be there to get one of these top QBs, and it's the crossroads of who do you want to be coaching that person. Yeah. And according to Tom Curran, it's not going to be Belichick. Now, let's spin this forward because he is the most decorated head coach that we have right now in the NFL. He's going to have a landing spot. He's going to find a team. Like if the, he wants it, for if sure. If he wants it. There's no chance that Bill Belichick wants to coach is out there, going to be out there, what, pimping himself out from team to team, saying, please, please give me a chance. That's not how this is going to go. In my opinion, he's going to have suitors. Yeah. And one in particular. Well, Bill Belichick is a NFL historian, loves NFL history. Yeah. He should look at Vince Lombardi. Uh, Lombardi decided to do one year in Washington and – I don't even know if he actually ended up coaching that year. It doesn't. There's no precedent for this last year to work. Uh, Dick Vermeil took 20 years off and came back and led the Rams to a Super Bowl, but that was a completely different case. I just don't see how he lands in any spot. All the favorites seem like loser situations to me. Well, not to me, not the Chargers. Now, Belichick has already seen what life is like without a quarterback. It's not pretty. Why he would go to another team that doesn't have a surefire thing at quarterback. 
Doesn't make sense. I think Brandon Staley's obviously going to be fired. We got the news yesterday that Justin Herbert's going to be done for the rest of the year. He's getting surgery on his index finger after he got hurt last week. So to me, like, this is perfect for Belichick. Number one, you've got the quarterback in place, as I just mentioned. Yep. Number two, you have veterans on this team who I think would respond well to a Belichick-style butt-whipping, if you will, right? It's like you have guys who are trying to make, I think, legacy plays, and I think for Belichick could really get their attention. Like, hey, you follow me. We can make – we could do something here. Like, we actually do have talent on the roster. Yes, it's top-heavy, but that doesn't mean that there aren't talented players on God, this team. I think this is the most overrated roster in the NFL. Well, they have they have problems. I'm yeah, I mean, first of all, they're, they're the uh, you know you're taking the oldest coach in the league and you're giving him the oldest roster in the league. Mine is Justin Herbert. There's so many there's so many spots where either they're aging out or they're thin or they. I will admit they do have knucklehead players. But I, I think we make this mistake with the Chargers if we see the names and we think they they're this good. Honestly, Keenan Allen, Khalil Mack, uh, even Joey Bosa, are these guys on the upswing or are they on the downswing? Well, who's better for like a one last dance kind of thing? Not one last dance, but who would be better to get the attention of those players? Not Brandon Staley. Like that obviously didn't work with this crew. You don't need a player like Joey Bosa or Khalil Mack doesn't need coaching. They need to stay healthy, and you don't stay healthy when you're a pass rusher who, in Khalil Mack's case, he's in the mid-30s. I mean, this is not the roster that everyone thinks it is, just because they have pro bowlers. And Derwin James is a great, great player, but he has an injury history, and he makes so many huge mistakes that cost his team. I don't. I just don't think this is anywhere near the roster that people describe. So where do you think Belichick well, I mean, will land? I looked at the odds today on Bet Online AG. They're bad spots. The Chargers by far the best one, but the number one odds is Panthers. I think that is a really bad idea. <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, I don't know about that, I, but I'm, know, I'm dubious on Bryce Young. You know David Tepper is going to come after him. So that's one spot. I hope Bill Belichick is smart enough to say no. Number two is Washington. I don't think that's a great roster either. And I think also I, Josh Harris has a lot to prove as an owner to me. So I think that uh, has loser written all over it. Then the Chargers, the Bears. I mean, come on. That's not going to work. That does not make any sense to Well, me. but think about it. The Bears could have the number one overall pick. Like you could yeah, be yeah. pairing Belichick with Caleb Williams or Drake May. I, honestly, if you're going to draft Caleb Williams... <laughs> Bill Belichick's not the coach for it. You, you want a young, dynamic, offensive genius to get the most out of Caleb Williams. You don't want Bill Belichick well, to slow this guy down. I do not like that pairing at all. No, but what if it's the pairing of Belichick and Josh McDaniels? Oh, like, you have Josh God. McDaniels who's sitting out there. Listen, McDaniels oh. is a disaster as a head coach. Of course he is. As an offensive coordinator, he's a multiple Super Bowl champion. And you could say, well, obviously he had Tom Brady, so no, no, no kidding. But he did... Get Mac Jones to play a serviceable quarterback that first year. Josh McDaniels isn't the worst idea for uh, developing a young quarterback. Serviceable. I mean, Mac Jones season, if if they did that to Caleb Williams, I think the NFL would demand a refund. A Caleb Williams is a next Patrick Mahomes. To make him like Mac Jones and this efficient Josh McDaniels. What is, you know, except for Brady, has Josh McDaniels really led anyone to a MVP type season or like a super high end, very productive quarterback season, 40 touchdowns right now? Well, no, but he also just hasn't. I mean, he has, though, as I said, Mac Jones with the playoffs. I mean, to be fair, Tebow also got to the playoffs. Tebow, I, yes. I know it wasn't pretty, he guys. He never ever I get threw it. the ball. I get it. It's I the exact it. opposite of what you need. The other two teams, the Raiders, that's a bad idea. That's a very bad idea. And then the last one, the Bucks. That one I like. I cannot, 
I do not like the Raiders for him. Well, but here's the thing. You're talking again about two teams with no quarterback. You know, no disrespect to Aiden O'Connell, but who's going to be the quarterback in Las Vegas? No disrespect to Baker Mayfield, but who's going to be the quarterback in Tampa? Like, I don't know. That's why Chargers, 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 it's such a unique thing. Even if you don't love the roster, okay, nothing's going to be perfect when you're firing a head coach on both sides. But you do have the sure thing with Herbert. Now, I get on Justin Herbert. No, the game-winning drives aren't there. You know, he's got the ball in his hands. Go win the game. You know, be that, show us you're that dynamic person in crunch time. But let's not fool ourselves. He's unbelievable talent. It's all there. You already gave him the contract. Like, there's nothing, there's no drama here. Belichick with that type of quarterback, I mean... Yeah, the, a new culture. What about the, anything? What about the difference in age right now? Justin Herbert's twenty five. Assuming you wanted a guy for ten years to get the best out of Justin Herbert. Well, Sh- would you would you take three? I, I mean, the know. NFL is not like a who gets a coach for ten years. It's that's very rare. Well, look at the look at the great quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes has had this marriage with Andy Reid. Yeah. Uh, your guy Josh Allen's been with Sean McDermott. Yeah, but Sean McDermott has nothing to do with Josh Allen. Jaylen Clearly, Hur- we've learned more about that. Clearly, over there the last week. seems to be a special relationship with Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni, Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh. Uh, you go through the good quarterbacks, and generally, they have long-term relationships with their coaches. Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll were together for a decade. That's what you they want. Hated each other. I mean, but they made it. I mean, they won at a huge rate. No, I get it, but. I- I mean, I think you're if you're the Chargers, you're going into this and saying, what can I do for the next three years here? And I think that's realistic. I, and then you can figure out once you get a little winning under your belt, maybe you get a little taste of success, not just all the Chargers being the Chargers and all this failure, then maybe it's a little easier to move on. Okay, what if I said you can have Belichick? Well, you guarantee you know the dude can coach. There's no doubt about that. Or you could take a risk on the hot offensive coordinator, the Sean McVay of this draft of this year's offseason. Sure, but that's someone who's never been a head coach. So yeah. at your, just like Brandon Staley was never a head coach. He was a defensive guy, but still. Yeah. <laughs> and how's that working out? Well, yeah, I, I think a Kyle Shannon and Sean McVay. If, I'm, if I own the Chargers, I might be tempted by who's the next Sean McVay, who's the next Kyle Shanahan, who is going to really innovate and make this the best team he can. Belichick, he's going to be a solid winner from the start. But I don't know, where's the growth there? Are you so excited about the Chargers' next 10 years of Bill Belichick's coach? Well, again, I don't think he's going to be there 10 years because he's 72. So I don't know if he's going to be coaching till he's in his 80s. But I at least give my team an identity, don't I? And here's the thing about the next Sean McVay and the next Kyle Shanahan. You know, sometimes you can find yourself square, like, you know, you're 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 seeing something that's not there with a guy because you're so focused yeah. on finding the next offensive dude that you're willing to overlook. Like, is this guy a good leader? You know, do we know that he can get the team's attention? Can he motivate? Is he going to have all of his ducks in a row? Like, I don't know. You know that with Belichick. It just feels like Emmett Smith's last year with the Cardinals or, you know, Joe Montana ending with the Chiefs was okay. But you know how those guys tag on one awful year at the very end of their career. Joe Namath ended his career with the Rams. OJ was a Niner. All yeah. that stuff. You know, Jerry Rice was a Seahawk. I just think that it's going to be that version of Bill Belichick. I remember that one year he was with the Chargers. I don't see him doing a Tom Brady and going to Tampa Bay and winning a Super Bowl. Uh, I, I think it could be there if he's with the Chargers. If he's with Justin Herbert... I could see it. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. See you guys on the phones. These are some good questions we have online for us. You guys are up early today. Love it. Got a lot to get to. 
It's Wednesday, which means Great Debate Series happens today, inspired by the week's news. We'll get to all that and so much more. But we kick it off with Belichick. Can he win another Super Bowl? Can he win in a new spot? And we'll take your suggestions for where he should go. I'm going to be honest, this guy on hold right now, who I want to get to right after the the, the quick um, timeout, I have never heard this team before linked to Belichick. First time I've taken a call where they pushed Belichick to this location. My mind's blown. Because I don't hate it. Get to that. 855-212-4CBS. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. We're back here on Maggie and Perloff. You know what I would love to witness more than anything? What's up? I would love to see an owner sit down and interview Bill Belichick. <laughs> you know, he, if he's uh, there's a report from Boston from Tom Curran, longtime Patriots reporter, that the Patriots are done with Bill Belichick and they're going to move on. Can you imagine uh, uh, Bill Belichick walking in the office? So tell me, what's your resume? What have, <laughs> tell what me have a you little done? about yourself. Um, um, <laughs> uh, on, to, on to Carolina. <laughs> well, what do you say? It's like, what would you say your strengths and weaknesses are? <laughs> I don't think that's a traditional job interview. I remember once uh, interviewing Wade Phillips, who said that he got a job interview once and he was so insulted that they asked him mm. to go up on the board and like start drawing defenses and stuff that he was like, I'm not taking this job. <laughs> That's like like actors. Uh, if yes. you're a big enough actor, you're not asked to audition. And when you are asked to audition, it's a huge insult. Yeah. No, I, you're right. It's going to be think, the same. <laughs> I don't think Belichick's going to have to pour over his resume with the owner of the Panthers. Yeah, I think he's your, good. Give us your 10-point plan on how to improve us. Uh, we've been asking you, though, about future of Belichick. Now looks like the writing's on the wall in New England. Thought that for a while, but, you know, this seems a, a bit more definitive. I think he's going to have suitors, maybe not lined up, but he's going to have multiple options, and I believe it's going to start with the Chargers. Perloff is not so convinced, but Tim in Arizona. Tim, I got to say, I have not heard this yet about a possible Belichick landing spot. What do you have for us, and good morning. Well, uh, being a long-suffering 64-year fan of my Green Bay Packers, I sure as hell would love to have him come and teach them how to play defense. After that debacle, Monday night with the Giants, we have not had a a decent defense since the 96 team, Favre's first Super Bowl season, but I haven't seen any good defense since 1967. Um, I'm still not sold on Jordan Love, but with the right training uh, and a good offensive person and quarterbacks coach, maybe he can develop into something. And then when you guys mentioned the age problem, well, the way I look at it, George Hallis was coaching into his 80s, so why not have Bill Belichick as our coach, and he's, what, 27, 28 victories away from being the all-time winningest coach, why not celebrate that with the Green Bay Packers? And I'll tell you, what, Tim, uh, you guys have a nice, happy holidays. Okay, oh, well, bye bye. Same to you. It's inspired. Now, a couple things. You're not allowed to call yourself a long-suffering quarterback when you've gone from Favre to Rodgers. <laughs> you've seen Super Bowls. I know maybe not as many as you yeah. hope, but long-suffering is reserved for other fan bases. He does have a point, though. No team, I think, in the history of the NFL has converted more defensive first-round picks into a less-clutch defense than the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I mean, first-round, first-round pick, and then wait till the NFC title game and Torch City. Well, here's the other thing, though. Like, we kind of glossed it a little yesterday. We talked plenty about the Packers. We talked about Jordan Love not performing great against the New York Giants. But Tommy Cutlets took so much of the oxygen from that game. That was an alarming loss for Green Bay. Yeah. Because it was 
the Giants. Like, you should be able to come in and beat them handily if you think you're a playoff team. I Maybe, but still, it was a cold night. <laughs> it's, it's windy. The, the Giants were at home. Listen, we were ripping Jordan Love, and I heard Aaron Rodgers' interview yesterday on McAfee. He brought up a great point. He's like, Jordan Love led the game-winning drive. He did. Uh, and it was a great pass to the end zone. It was a great catch that gave the yeah. Packers a lead. They, the defense let them down against an undrafted rookie now. Is he a yeah, rookie? Yeah, he's a rookie. Yeah, so Rodgers like, don't blame Jordan Love for that loss. He actually played well when it counted. Yeah, I get that, but they should have been ahead by three scores. You know, it's the Giants. Like, I... I don't Again, know. That, like that could be alarming if you're. Well, you're seeing the, you're the bones. I think you're seeing the bones of the Giants team that was nine and seven last year. I don't think they're really a bottom feeder team. Maybe not. Um, well, we just had a call that just dropped there. They was going to ask about Jim Harbaugh and would he be a option for the Chargers? Was that the call? Well, no. He no. The question is about Jim Harbaugh and the Raiders, and, well, and where where if that's an option given how bad the Raiders have been. Zero points scored against <laughs> the Vikings. Somehow giving up only three points and losing at home. I think the Raiders' problem is higher up. I, it's hard for me to imagine that ownership group hiring anybody and making everything work together. It feels like they've had great players come through there, but it's organizational dysfunction. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I wonder does yeah. Harbaugh makes that better or worse? Like I think better. Like I, you know, Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. There's times this year, especially when he's become a bit of a punchline. Obviously, the whole Connor Stallions thing. We made fun of it for weeks. But I mean, the guy can coach in the NFL. And I don't know. He can be a culture setter. Harbaugh to the Raiders feels like John Gruden part two. Uh, in the sense that just a bigger-than-life personality has not been able to come in and fix the. I mean, there's no bigger coaching personality than John Gruden, and it was okay, but they made so many personnel mistakes, and I doubt they were very disciplined based on what we know about the team. Don't you feel like Harbaugh is going to come in there and he's going to make a lot of noise, but at the end of the day, are they really going to have a a tight ship? Well, I I don't know. Maybe with a new young quarterback, would they have a tighter ship with Jim Harbaugh? I mean, obviously, we're talking about the Chargers. Don't you think Jim Harbaugh, if he had a choice between the Chargers and the Raiders, would fly? Would immediately go to the Chargers? Yeah, and didn't we just have some reporting on this? Was it uh, was this a Peter King? He said um, he just saw Jim mm. Harbaugh, and he kind of went out of his way to talk up Justin Herbert. Yeah, where did we just hear this? Was it Peter I, that King does or sound someone familiar. else? Now we'll go. We'll we'll look for that. Uh, Andrew Bogish is here. Headlines galore. Everyone's getting angsty in the NBA. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that in just a second. It's all sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance, insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. We have definitely done this before. Draymond Green choosing violence in an NBA game. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, that's going to be a flagrant. And now sure. they're going to just try to decide if they think it was excessive. It's going to be at least a flagrant one. Could be a two. Do they have flagrant threes or fours? <laughs> uh, that was <laughs> That was Stan Van Gundy, Brian Anderson watching the replay on TNT. Uh, Draymond Green, Yusuf Nurkic, uh, Nurkic were jostling for position in the corner on an inbounds play, and Green ends up with a swinging crushing forearm to the side of Nurkic's face. He got a flagrant two, the max, and was ejected again. I guess this is as far away from protecting Green as Steve Kerr can get. We need him. We need Draymond. But, you know, he knows that. We talked to him. And, um, he's got to, 
got to find a way to keep his poise and, and be out there for his, his teammates. Uh, what, well, he, what year was that recorded? Was that recent or was that five <laughs> years ago or was that eight years ago? I, I think that's Steve Kerr in Draymond's basement being <laughs> held against his own will again to try and you know sugarcoat this. We're going to hear from Draymond and Nurkic later. Uh, but this was nasty. It was unnecessary. It was not part of any kind of normal basketball move. It was unprompted. And, and Draymond, again doesn't even come close to taking responsibility for it. No, I mean, the announcers are reacting like Chris Tucker and Ice Cube and Friday, like, whoa! I mean, it was a, a meme. And here's the thing, right? Like, this is what's going to push Kerr out the door. I said last dance vibes. I thought maybe it'd be the last dance of the win. I think it's just going to be the last. <laughs> it's like the last hurrah here because he sounds pretty... Like, you can tell by the sound of his voice. He's got to be so fed up with this, especially because they just paid him again. I mean, and I don't know. People are getting very upset about this and suggesting many punishments for Kerr, uh, for the team, for Draymond. I mean, it's bad because it's now, this is like a danger thing. He choked Rudy Gobert and wouldn't let go. And then last night, for no reason, does a spinning full-strength clothesline to another <laughs> player. I mean, like, it's almost to the point where he shouldn't be allowed to be on the court for a while. Well, it's probably going to be five games. Like last It's got to be double digits. I wait, think wait, it has wait. to be more. The press told me that was a headlock uh, that Draymond No, no, on. no. He choked him. No, I am well aware of that. But yeah. for some reason, the headline said headlock. <laughs> like uh, a noogie, like he was yeah, yeah, younger brother. It reminded me of the Tua back injury. <laughs> like, yeah, he clearly tried to strangle a man on the court, and NBA doesn't seem to care. It's almost going to take a serious injury, something to happen, which is hard, tough to say. I don't want that to happen. But because these guys keep getting back up and, like, Gobert was fine, Nurkis was fine, then the NBA, I think, kind of doesn't feel the pressure. But all it takes is one of these guys, similar to hockey, when you have a guy get hit and then there's a serious, you know, injury, yeah. what happens is that guy is suspended for as long as that guy is injured. I don't want that to happen in the NBA, but it almost feels like that's what they're waiting for with Draymond. Yeah. Because that's nice and reactionary, yeah, <laughs> as opposed so, to being proactive. Because we know that Draymond has been doing this for years. I mean, it's amazing that a professional athlete can have complete control of his body, and then all of a sudden, just wildly start putting yeah. his limbs around, and just like, my bad. It's like, no, you have control <laughs> over what you're doing. Well, it's like the Grayson Allen tripping thing, though. I don't think Draymond can help it. I think it's compulsive. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, it's so funny about Draymond. He's going to be this great broadcaster immediately as soon as he hangs him up. And he's totally under control on the mic. More so, remember we interviewed him? Yeah. That guy has complete control of every interview he's in. He has no control on the court. But is this as interesting? If the Warriors were any good with this, I feel like this. it's almost like this is going to happen. Draymond's just going to fizzle out here. Well, I and think it's this not going to matter. This is what makes it pathetic and sad is because you could always say, well, Draymond needs to play with this kind of edge because it helps the Warriors and it helps them win. And that may have been true in years past. But now they're just sort of looking old and not interested. And Draymond's still pulling this BS. It's sad. And not that talented, to be honest. Look at their roster. Yeah, I mean, Perloff was, right you know, I, I hate to give him Ws, but yeah. I gave him a W on the Denver Golden State comparison. I mean, they don't have talent. Their whole starting lineup, only Steph Curry last night, double figures. Yeah, it feels like Curry or bust for them, and he's getting older, too. Uh, now that you mentioned, is this Steve Kerr's last year? Is there any chance Steph Curry wins another title? He's 35. Is it over for him? I mean, it, uh, with this... Roster and Draymond. Yeah. Draymond's going to be suspended for any significant 
game, it seems like. I mean, let's think about it. The general manager already left, right? Smartly. And who is it? The owner's son? That's always a great, great recipe for success. What can go wrong? Yeah, right. (laughs) <laughs> seen this one before. Uh, there was a full game in this one as well. Last night, the Suns won it 119-116 in Phoenix. Devin Booker scored 32 with seven assists. Bradley Beal had 16 in his newest return from his back troubles. The Clippers stayed hot, 119-99 over the Kings. That's five in a row for L.A. Kawhi Leonard scored 31, giving him 106 over his last three games. Wait, wait, wait. It's like magic that he can just play every night now. It'd be great. <laughs> don't, don't tell me James Harden is good right now. 15 points and seven assists last ah, night. Is that good? He's yeah. motivated. 15 points for James Harden. That, I don't know. That, is that good, though? It feels I mean, like. they won. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mean, by 20. And Kawhi at 31. How many did he assist on those? Now, talking about eking out life at the end of your career. Kawhi, I saw Kawhi live when EJ wouldn't go to me with the Clippers next game. <laughs> uh, that dude is on his last legs. But, but he maybe plays every night now. He is. Yeah, he's getting old. While scoring 30 a night in the NBA. Uh, this, the Celtics dropped the Cavs 121-13, approving to 11-0 at home. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, each scored 25. NBC has removed Al Michaels from the in-the-hunt portion of their playoff picture graphic. The 79-year-old <laughs> legendary broadcaster will not work the postseason for NBC like last January when he and Tony Dungy had Jaguars Chargers. Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge are the B team okay. this time around instead. I just made a nepotism joke five seconds ago with the Warriors and the Sun mm. now taking you know, the son of the owner. I'm. I don't. I get that it's nepotism because I an eagle son is Noah Eagle, but Noah's really good. Yes. This is like a Joe Buck Jack Buck situation. Like this is not Chris Collinsworth Jack Collinsworth. No disrespect, but like it's Jack, pretty, it's pretty uh, close. Seems disrespectful. <laughs> Definitely was disrespectful. Yeah. I'll allow it. Okay, it might be valid as well. Listen, also I'm valid. sure Jack could probably was going to have a nice long career, and he can develop into a great broadcaster. I'm sure. But right now, Noah Eagle at 26 is like a savant. He's just really good at this. Well, it's funny. I saw the headline: uh, NBC replaces Al Michaels with Nepo Baby. I'm like, wow, Jack Collinsworth is going to be doing this. Game. <laughs> <laughs> He's NBC. Too, right. Uh, I didn't know it was Noah Eagle. Yeah, I have no. I agree with you. I have no problem with him doing that. But isn't he doing? Doesn't he do all the Nickelodeon games? And aren't they yes. expanding Nickelodeon yeah. to doing most doing of the this, postseason? They're doing the Super Bowl. Yeah. He so did, he gets the Super Bowl. He gets the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. With who Nate? I and, yes, uh, yeah, Nate, and the Nickelodeon Nate. kids. Yeah, Nate and some young Nickelodeon star. I'm a huge fan of the Nickelodeon broadcast, by the way. Well done. It's a solid broadcast. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Nate explains the rules to kids and to most of us as well. He's like, this <laughs> is what a legal procedure is. And I'm sitting there taking notes on the Nickelodeon. <laughs> we game. need a Nickelodeon for the Kadarius Tony yeah. offsides. Maybe yeah, right. we'll 100%. Able, we'll have all no, this controversy. We need, the, we need Nickelodeon actually for Shohei's contract. Explain it to me like I'm five. <laughs> I, explain it to me like I'm home after school eating pizza rolls yeah. and watching Nickelodeon. But, yeah, usually I miss the crabs. That's one of the Jumping in pots of gold, but there are times the by the way. Yeah. No eagle asked Nate a rule, and even Nate's like, "Well, uh, I'm not." <laughs> I'm a slime you. And all the pre-snap <laughs> stuff is so complicated right now, and Nate's amazing. It'd be funny if Gene Steratore gets slimed. <laughs> like, yeah. we bring in Gene, ah, John Perry. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, the other part of this is that listen, Al Michaels is like the soundtrack. I know, not to make him sound old, he's is he eighty? Seventy nine. Seventy nine. He is the soundtrack of most of our lives, or at least one of the soundtracks for the NFL. But, you know, to be honest, like he's, I think maybe the the Thursday night games have kind of worn him down. Not that he can't deliver in a big game, but 
He can, so, I mean, he can deliver a big moment, but Definitely. from start to finish, he's starting to sound his age. Right, but it's like, mm. is it the game or is it the broadcast? Well, let's, be, his, let's be real, though. Last year, he got a big game. He yeah. had Jaguars, Chargers, and it was a historic comeback, and he made it sound like it was week six in the NFL yeah. season. People hate Eagle the Bears doing it with Tony Dungy, who is basically in a coma when it comes to broadcast. Yeah, that didn't help. Yeah. I mean, Tony's an amazing Hall of Famer, but. Tony's good on that uh, pregame show. That's because, great for him. Because he has no filter whatsoever and will say, say really honest things. But the thing about, I, I think Al's problem is Herbstreit. Herbstreit should not be doing NFL. That's because another, I he's think, not confident. I think Herbstreit's the best college broadcaster, so maybe of all, well, the best color guy of all time in college football, but he has no confidence in NFL. It's weird. You can hear him say, oh, I covered that guy at University of Washington in 2017. He's almost embarrassed by it. Well, I would say just give us more of that for Herbstreit. Like, I'll take the college lens for a lot of these guys. It's not a terrible thing, but he, you can just really? tell, you can just tell that he's, he is different on a college broadcast than he is on the NFL. It's night and day. So I think that if you put Al and Chris Collinsworth together, I think you'd get the same old product. I know, but Collinsworth with Tariqa. Yeah, but they were together, and NBC was okay with Michaels leaving Sunday night, right? Right. But he's now in an emeritus role. Apparently, right. he's, getting, he's getting paid a million dollars a game from Amazon. Well, that was the that was the stat. I forget which game it was. He was making more than the quarterback right. in the game. Bro- Brock Purdy. That's what it was. It was the Niners <laughs> game. Yeah. Right. He was getting paid more for the, that game than Brock Purdy. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Vikings will start Nick Mullins, speaking of quarterbacks, Saturday against the Bengals after he produced their only point, all three of them, in Sunday's 3-0 win in Vegas. Mullins will be their fourth starting QB in seven games. Justin Jefferson, by the way, at practice yesterday after that heavy hit and internal injury check on Sunday. Uh, Down in Florida, where you can't be a snowflake and or woke, Attorney General said yesterday the state's antitrust department will investigate the CFP committee for leaving FSU out of the semifinals because that's not a waste of time. Uh, The San Francisco Giants are reportedly signing South Korean outfielder Young Hoo Lee to a six-year deal worth $113 million. Lee, a 340 career hitter, was the KBO MVP two seasons ago. And the St. Louis Blues fired head coach Craig Berube after last night's 6-4 home loss to Detroit. They've dropped four in a row. They're one game under 500 for the season. They won the cup four years ago with Berube behind the bench. That's one hockey player I know. Craig Berube. Yeah, tough guy. Tough guy. He Good was a coach. madman for the Flyers. I couldn't. Be- I can't believe he's a head coach. So they fired him. They won him. the cup. Yeah. <laughs> and was a coach, relatively speaking, for a long time. Five plus years. And they had the great theme song. On their cup run. Gloria. Yeah. It's a oh, great nice. song. Can I hit Maybe you guys, the perfect pop song. Can I hit you guys with a nearly impossible trivia question before you leave, Bogus? So Nick Mullins, as you all know, is the all-time leading passer at Southern Mississippi. Yep. Brett Favre is third. If anyone here can name... Wait, hold on. Yeah. We'll do it on the other side of the break. It's not worth the other side <laughs> of the break. It definitely is. It's a thousand percent not. <laughs> But Hold that thought. Is that nobody Google? If anybody nobody gets Google. it, I'll buy them breakfast. If we can prove with a forensic expert they didn't Google. Well, a lot of people are in their cars, so please don't Google if you're in your car. <laughs> Hands of ten and two. We're all thinking about this together. Oh and my God! This Nick is Mullins is so the... so not going to meet the hype. <laughs> leading passer at Southern Miss. All time Southern Miss Golden Eagle leading passer Nick Mullins. And Farvis three. Yeah. Who's two? The answer. When we return, don't move. More Maggie and Pearl up straight ahead.
Welcome back. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Morning show here on CBS Sports Radio. We left you with a cliffhanger Oh my God! in the last segment. Perloff we... had a trivia question for everybody. No Googling. Do you want to set it back up for uh, a new okay. audience? No, not really, because you're all going to say, why <laughs> Why did we Why did we wait a break to reveal this? Okay, Nick Mullins, all-time Southern Miss leading passer in passing yards. Number three is Brett Favre. I think Mullins, no, actually, this other guy broke all of Favre's records. Can you name who the number two all-time Southern Miss passing record is? And I'll give you a hint. Okay. He had he was the Jake Browning of 2014. In the sense that he was a backup quarterback who came out of nowhere and won some games and everyone got excited about. Then they got tape on him and destroyed him. In 2014? There's no way. With the St. Louis Rams. There was a Jake Browning of the St. Louis Rams? The fact that he came yes, out right, and he right. won a bunch of games. There's no way. I mean. Anyone got a guess I, here? I'm, I'm stumped. No, there's no way you guys are going to know this. Now I feel like I should know Yeah, it, when you mentioned the Rams, now I'm annoyed. First, I was going mean, to take this L with pride. Now I'm, now I'm annoyed. I mean, 2014, that was a long time ago. Yeah, John Walford was too new, right? That's, this guy has John Walford vibes, but yeah, it's too new. Where did John Walford go to college? He went somewhere noteworthy. Anyway, uh, I'm just going to tell you, it's Austin yeah. Davis. Remember plucky little oh, Austin Davis? Austin Davis. Definitely yes. when they got that one. Yeah. <laughs> Austin Davis, one of the most prolific college football quarterbacks in recent memory. Had a huge year under Larry Fedora at Southern Miss a long time ago. And I only know this because I think I met him at a Super Bowl. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that guy was on fire in college. Anyway, <laughs> they, and he broke Brett Favre's records. This is... That was interesting totally if you worth live. It. No, it wasn't. If you live in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, it's interesting. <laughs> well, if you live in Hattiesburg, you probably knew the story. <laughs> you yeah. knew the answer, rather, and you were probably yelling at the radio. Let's get to Aaron Rodgers. Okay, now this is why this segment was created. Because we were never sure what was going to come out of Aaron Rodgers' mouth. Then it got into a lot of football stuff that got a little eh, predictable. We're talking about his Achilles, like... All right, now we're back to the good, the good nitty-gritty stuff with Aaron Rodgers. So we spoke yesterday about Peyton Manning and Eli Manning mentioning on the Manning cast that they would be able to tell their center's tush even if they were blindfolded just by taking a snap. That's how well Eli knew Sean O'Hara, and that's how well Peyton knew Jeff Saturday. Blindfolded, they could tell who's who. So... Got to a, uh, and I thought this should now be something they do at the Pro Bowl. Like, blindfolded, can you tell who your center is? You guys didn't seem to love that idea. Meanwhile, Derek Carr got into it with his center, Eric McCoy, last week in a win over Carolina. And McAfee asked uh, Aaron Rodgers, like he brought it up and Rodgers had a question. Derek Carr almost got beat up by his center yep. this past weekend. Oh, wow. On the field. Yeah, on the field. Bad. Yeah. It was intense. But that well, was... Did he, did, he, did he fart on his hand or something? What happened? Probably. Probably. <laughs> like that. Did he fart on his hand? Like that's so common. So it turns out that Corey Lindsley, who was Roger's center for a long time, was a bit of a prankster. He would just fire the ball back at you in the walkthrough like 100 miles an hour and try and drill you in the nuts or do some crazy things like you'd be <laughs> after a walkthrough and one day he'd show up and wouldn't have any underwear on. And I'm like, come on, bro. <laughs> 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 I 
Put some friggin' drawers on. What are you doing, man? So what is Aaron Rodgers up to? <laughs> Reminiscing about the relationship with his former set. Feels like I would notice Maggie has a bit of an obsession with this men butt cheek story <laughs> in the NFL. No, it's not that. It's just, I think, first of all, farting on someone's hand. Yeah. I didn't even know you could feel that. Oh, yeah. You feel the air pressure. Yes. It's like it's like being it's like an avatar Wait, seeing the air. You know bend. this from experience. <laughs> no, no, you it's just why, well, you don't think that there's air pressure that comes out. When you no, fart? I don't. I'm not. Yeah, it's simple physics. Yeah, yeah. No, Maggie so. knows that. Yeah. I don't know. I did. I there's some things about. I work with all men. I have for a long time, and yet there's still things about you guys that I just you know, will never understand. Oh, we don't understand ourselves. It's all good. <laughs> like this kind of stuff just seems so incredibly foreign to me, and. Uh, and so I'm just kind of surprised when everyone's like, yeah, of course. Wait, but you farted women, on your hand. Yeah, women fart, though, too, right? We do, but okay. not in this situation where we'd be like yeah. kind of farting on each other. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. that's very common. Wait, so you guys didn't spend hours in college lighting your own farts and, and <laughs> impressing no. your friends? That's kind of freshman <laughs> no, year. No, it's not dumb and What dumber. else are you going to do? <laughs> no. oh, what are we going to do? We're going to go shopping. There was one guy, oh my God, he he was like a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing, too. Wait, so, That's an Ivy League institution for you, folks. So when Roger says that Lindsay would walk out walking around with no underwear on the walkthrough, is he saying that he had no pants on either? I think he no, probably I just had think pants you, on. You, you got a better feel like of the shirt, undercarriage shorts, than yeah. you probably gotcha. would have wanted. Like, there's nothing between him and me but a thin layer of cotton. Yeah, there's a little more. has to be an NFL code of conduct. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Lindsley's going to get suspended for five years now because of what Rodgers said. Goodell's going to retroactively hit him with a out of the league. A little more jiggling than you really want <laughs> on a snap. <laughs> You're supposed to be still. It's one way to handle balls. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I tell you, that's why every quarterbacks want to go shotgun now. They want no more of this. Shotgun, like from ten yards back. You're not seeing. You're not seeing the kids coming out of college going under center. They have no interest. Listen, Kyler Murray's not getting under there. As you said, it's a fear of intimacy. That's that's what's killing the NFL right now because everyone's in shotgun on you know third and two inches. Or it could be that all the quarterbacks are shorter now and they need to see the field better from five yards back. But Or it could be just a fear of intimacy. Maybe that's, maybe that's fine. Uh, so what's Aaron Rodgers up to? We're back to the good stuff, guys. We've got more silly things that he said. Uh, we'll have to play that a little bit later on in the show because we did want to take a second to mention now what we are doing between now and the end of the year. This is something that Perloff and I and EJ and Carlos and our boss, Spike Eskin, we all feel very strongly about this and it's about giving back. So what we are asking is something very small. You hit subscribe on our YouTube or Twitch channel, and we donate a dollar for every new subscriber to the Boys and Girls Club. So we have this earmarked for youth sports. We've developed a relationship with the Boys and Girls Club uh, because of our Carson Wentz uh, poster destruction, which for our new audience we'll describe in more detail later. Um, it's a great you you just hit subscribe, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio, twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio. We do the rest. We make the donation. We do it in the name of the Maggie and Perloff show, and it helps kids who want to be involved in sports but maybe don't have the means. This helps them try to get closer to their dreams. So that's all we ask. YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio, twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio. One for one here. One subscriber, one dollar, and we get something cool done over the holidays. Okay. Lots more to do, including shots fired 
from one future Hall of Fame quarterback. Does he have a point? Get to that in a minute. It's Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. 